Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, October 30th, and the Bruins are coming off another win, a 5-1 drubbing of the San Jose Sharks to improve their record to 9-1-2 on the season. We'll begin the show by taking a quick look at that game. Uh, then we'll later take a look at a couple of mailbag questions and then finish off by looking around the NHL as always. Uh, but again, this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. To keep up with the podcast on Twitter, please follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also find me at ENC McLaren. Please subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the podcasts wherever you get yours fed to you, uh, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. All ratings and reviews uh, make a big difference in terms of helping the show gain some traction and uh, been very encouraged by the positive reviews so far. And uh, I very much appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to do that. Um, so yeah, Bruins, 5-1 winners over the San Jose Sharks on what was emotional night, both on and off the ice. Um, talk a bit about Hockey Fights Cancer and what the Bruins did for that, as well as uh, the game itself. We'll start with the results. Again, it was a 5-1 decision. The Bruins just dominated the Sharks pretty much uh, all over the ice, outshooting them 41-17, outscoring them 5-1. And it was probably the most... Uh, complete and balanced game that the Bruins have played so far this season. Uh, there were, I believe, 11 different Bruins who recorded a point. Uh, the only who recorded two points were uh, unlikely folks. Um, Chris Wagner got two points, a goal and an assist. David Krejci got two points as well. I guess that's not very unlikely, but he had a goal and an assist in his return. Uh, Charlie Coyle scored as well as David Pasternak extending his uh, point streak and uh, extending his lead in goals scored. And Brandon Carlo also scored his second in three games, and I think he's on a three-game point streak as well. So uh, good on Brandon Carlo for getting on the score sheet. And this was the first game in which, you know, any questions about secondary scoring chipping in were uh, laid to the side as it was, a like I said, a complete team effort, and uh, the Bruins really benefited from production from all three lines, and um, yeah, just shut down the Sharks at the other end as well. It got got pretty chippy at times, uh, for those of you who watched, with uh, Vander Kane going after Zdeno Chara, of all people, and then kind of uh, falling away when push came to shove, came to blows, uh, but... Um, I I wouldn't imagine anyone would want to uh, actually fight Zdeno Chara, even as a 42-year-old. Uh, he's still very intimidating and very strong and um, very scary, uh, to say the least. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, Pasternak scored his league-leading 12th goal. He's one up on Austin Matthews and Alex Ovechkin, who both scored in Washington's overtime win over Toronto. 
Um, Pasternak continues to lead the NHL in total points with 24 in 12 games, 12 goals, 12 assists. He's one ahead of John Carlson, who's a defenseman. He's recorded seven goals and 16 assists in 14 games, which is insane. And Pasternak has an even two points per game on the season. Marshawn second with 1.75 points per game on the season. He's got seven goals and 14 assists for 21 points. Um, yeah, so the top line continues to roll, but like I mentioned, it was uh, some other guys who stepped up and uh, added some offense in this 5-1 win over uh, San Jose, which was really encouraging to see. Now, I mentioned Charlie Coyle earlier and how last night was uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Uh, it was a very special night as uh, three-year-old Quinn Waters, uh, who's affectionately become known as the Mighty Quinn. Uh, if you don't know his story, he was diagnosed with a form of brain cancer last February. Uh, he's had numerous rounds of chemotherapy, lengthy stays in the hospital, a stem cell transplant, and now he's uh, kind of, or he had been forced to be isolated in his bedroom in his Weymouth home, which of course is uh, where Charlie Coyle is from as well. He was, you know, stuck in his bedroom. Uh, people would stop by, some celebrities, athletes, uh, local officials, they'd stop by and pay a visit at his bedroom window, which became known as the Quindo. Uh, Charlie Coyle was one of those visitors, and that kind of sparked a, a pretty meaningful f- friendship, and that led to what took place at TD Garden on Tuesday night. Uh, Quinn's health has improved enough um, that he was al- he's been allowed to leave his home. Uh, so he was actually able to be at TD Garden on Tuesday night, which was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Uh, and he dropped the puck uh, before the Bruins' 5-1 win over the Sharks. Uh, Charlie Coyle took the faceoff as his friend. And uh, Logan Couture was also there as the Sharks representative. Um, Coyle said he's out and about and getting to live his life. It's great that he's feeling healthier and healthier. It was pretty emotional, I bet, for them. You feel the emotion in yourself. You see him walking out, giving fist bumps. Uh, He gave fist bumps to the players on the bench. The crowd was on their feet. Um, Coyle also said, you don't realize or know what they go through, but that's just got to be a terrible thing. I'm glad that things are looking up and that they got to come out here and be part of this and for us to kind of be a part of their life. It's very special, and we got the win for him. They brought us luck for us, and I think he kind of got us going a little bit. Um, And also, just as a special touch, Coyle added that um, the mighty Quinn told him to score one for him, and that worked out nice, uh, which, um, yeah, that occurred in the second period as uh, Coyle tapped in a beautiful feed from David Krejci from across the crease, which gave the Bruins a 5-1 lead at the time. Uh, That was his second game in a row that he scored, and Coyle also had game-high seven shots and over 20 minutes of ice time. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'll touch kind of on Coyle and Krejci in a little bit, but all that to say, um, it was a really emotional night. Um, The Mighty Quinn's dad... He said Charlie's been spectacular. For him to do that when he's going through the biggest, most important games of his career, it means a lot, meaning back back in the playoffs is when uh, the friendship was sparked. 
I came to the house. He made a real connection with Quinn. We're blessed to have that connection. It's pretty cool for us. And he said it's pretty cool for him to see Quinn in a healthy way. Um, very special, healthy moment for us and our family. It was uh, it was pretty emotional for me to watch, I'll be honest. If you haven't seen the video, I suggest you, you look it up on the Bruins website. Uh, for those of you who know kind of my background and my story, um, if you follow me on Twitter for a while, uh, you'll know that my wife uh, was diagnosed with cancer a couple years ago, uh, and she underwent pretty rigorous treatment as a result. Um, several rounds of chemotherapy, a couple um, surgeries, some radiation treatment as well. Um, she's all clear now, um, thankfully, uh, but it's always something that obviously sticks in the back of our minds. And, um, you know, the emotional and mental toll is something that uh, is still affecting us and, and our three, three sons. So um, just seeing, um, yeah, the mighty Quinn being able to be there last night, I can't imagine what it would be like as a parent. It, it was hard enough as a, as a partner. Uh, but to watch your kid going through that, I can't even imagine what that would be like. So um, good on Charlie Coyle for for taking the time to spark that friendship. And um, yeah, it was it was a really great thing that the Bruins did last night. And all the more to see them go out and win and for Coyle to score was uh, was pretty great as well. So good on everyone for for that. And um, if you can support Hockey Fights Cancer. In any way, uh, please do so. So that's it for uh, a look back at last night's game. Coming up now, we'll take a look at uh, a couple of mailbag questions that I received uh, on Twitter. And now, as we do every week, going to open up the mailbag. And I got a, a couple of questions sent to me on Twitter. Uh, the first is from Josh at uh, Panther Parkway. His handle is at Josh underscore PPR. No, Josh underscore PP radio, not P-P-R-A-D-I-O. <laughs> uh, and he asked, is the Bruins defense good enough to win a cup? Well, I don't think there's much debate about that. The Bruins defense uh, is uh, pretty fantastic, and it was good enough to win a cup last year, I believe. And we all know what happened in Game 7. Uh, a couple, um, yeah, bad bounces. Not bad bounces, but I don't think it was... Uh, the defense that could be blamed for that Game 7 loss. There was the bad line change. Uh, kind of, uh, yeah, whatever. We don't have to go over that again. But to start the season so far, the Bruins lead uh, the league in goals allowed per game at an even two. They've only allowed 24 goals through uh, 12 games. The next uh, lowest team is the Arizona Coyotes at 2.18. Um, so yeah, the Bruins defense is holding strong, obviously so far. Part of that is the excellent goaltending tandem that they have in Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. Uh, in terms of shots allowed per game, they're allowing uh, 30.3, which was tied with the St. Louis Blues for um, 10th in the NHL, the 10th lowest. So um, kind of top tier in that category as well and uh, if we look at the underlying numbers uh, let's just take a quick look in five on five play the Bruins have a fourth ranked Corsi percentage of 53.43 meaning uh, they're regularly out attempting the opposition and the defense is a big part of that not only 
um, by, um, you know, keeping the opposition at bay, but also helping to get the puck up the ice so that the forwards uh, can get some attempts on the op- opposing goalie. So um, all that to say, yes, I believe the Bruins defense is good enough to win a cup. Uh, Chara doesn't seem to be really slowing down all that much. Charlie McAvoy uh, still has some room to grow, I believe, but his defense has been outstanding so far this season. Um, Carlo Krug, uh, Matt Grizzlich can move the puck up the ice. Uh, maybe there's some question about the sixth man on that rotation with uh, uh, Connor Clifton or Kevin Miller when he comes back. Uh, John Moore, if he fits into that, um, we'll see about about uh, how that shakes out. But the top four are as solid as it gets, and Grizzlich as a third-pairing guy is, is a luxury for the Bruins. So, uh, yes, I believe the Bruins' defense is good enough to win a Stanley Cup. Um, the second question comes from William Nickerson at SquillBill95. And he says, I love Krejci. always have... But with the depth at center in the system, what's the chances he's not on the roster next year and Coyle is the second-line center? Love the way the kid is playing this year. He's buzzing. Uh, If we look at David Krejci, he's got uh, one year left on his current contract. Uh, So it runs through 2020-2021. Cap hit of $7.25 million. Charlie Coyle is, of course, a UFA this summer, and he's making... 3.2 3.2 million at the moment. I would expect that he'd be in line for a raise if his current play keeps up. Uh, there's a six-year difference between the two of them. Uh, I honestly think that David Krejci is a bit undervalued um, by Bruins fans. Uh, he makes the most money on the team, uh, so you might argue that he uh, doesn't live up to that uh, lofty contract. Uh, he shouldn't be making more money than anywhere on the top line, you could argue. Um, but I think his value to the team was really proven again on Tuesday night against the Sharks. Um, he set up that play uh, on Coyle's goal. He scored a goal of his own, and um, Coyle, after the game, was kind of singing uh, singing Krejci's praises. This is from uh, Fluto Shinzawa from The Athletic, and Coyle said, uh, he's just the type of player who can do that, meaning uh, Krejci being out for over two weeks and come back in and make an immediate um, impact. Coyle said, it's insane. I used to be impressed, but not anymore. He can just come right in, and it's like he never left. He can make those plays. He's confident doing it. He's just so skilled and crafty with the puck. I think we expected that from him, meaning coming in and uh, and and make an immediate impact, like I said. Bruce Cassidy, he said he can drive a line when he's going. We didn't expect him necessarily to do that tonight. He's missed time, but that's what we want out of David. He's a pro. He's been around. He's a Stanley Cup champion. We need him to pull that line along. I think having Krejci as the second-line center is a huge luxury for for the Bruins. He's been a a huge part of this core for uh, the run to the Stanley Cup uh, and the runs... Uh, you know, the Eastern Conference Championships as well. Uh, if they can, they also have the luxury of moving Coyle to the wing, like we saw with him and Krejci out there at the same time on the power play. So having them together uh, is a bonus as well. Ideally, they'll be able to sign Coyle at 
maybe less than what he'd be able to fetch on the open market. Uh, same with Tory Krug. Uh, let's be honest, it would be very challenging to keep both those guys if they're looking for uh, the best possible deal. Hopefully they take a page out of uh, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak's books and um, take a bit of a, a hometown discount to keep this group together. Uh, in terms of Krejci being traded, I, I don't see why the Bruins would do that, especially with him only having one year left. It would need a... Losing him would make the team worse because if you bring Coyle up to second-line center, um, you need that skill on the third line, and where is that going to come from? Uh, right now, having Bjork, Coyle, and Heinen as a, a potential third-line night in and night out, uh, that gives them arguably one of the uh, more potentially effective third lines around the league. And we know that depth wins cups. You need scoring from all four lines in today's NHL, um, which they're able to get, uh, even as we saw last night, Wagner scored, Coyle scored, albeit on the power play with Krejci. Uh, Krejci scored, Pasternak scored, and then you got another goal from the blue line. So to have that depth uh, is huge. That's what wins championships in today's NHL. Um, so I would recommend the Bruins not look to trade David Krejci, uh, and I don't really see that there would be an appetite for that anytime soon from management perspective. Um, that's it for the mailbag this week. I'll just add um, that uh, if you have any questions about the Bruins, about me, uh, about pop culture, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, any suggestions that you'd like to throw my way, please feel free to do so, and uh, we can uh, get those answered on the podcast uh, when I open up the mailbag next. So next up to finish the show, we'll take a quick look around the NHL at some news, headlines, and rumors. All right, here is what you need to know on Wednesday, October 30th. Uh, the Maple Leafs and Capitals played a spirited game in Toronto on uh, on Tuesday night. The Capitals came on top 4-3 in overtime as Alexander Ovechkin scored a couple of goals, including the game winner. Um, the notable thing in that one happened prior to the game where Ovechkin kind of addressed, obviously, being in Toronto, people were going to ask him about the Leafs because everything's about the Leafs. Um, and someone asked him uh, about Toronto and their Stanley Cup aspirations, and he basically said uh, these guys have to decide whether they're playing for themselves or playing for a Stanley Cup, which was very interesting. Obviously, Ovechkin's path to the Stanley Cup was long and winding, and he really knows, obviously, now how to reach that level. Uh, the Leafs are kind of at the beginning of that potential trajectory. Uh, they don't really look like world beaters at this point, but um, it was interesting to hear a player like Ovechkin address another team like that and then go out and uh, show them exactly how to win. Um, so good on uh, Ovi for kind of backing up his words and going out and performing. Um, what else happened last night? Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost to the New York Rangers. I had said yesterday, I think, that it seemed like a tap-in for the Rangers, especially after how that team looked against our Bruins on Sunday. But, um, yeah, Rangers won 4-1. to and the Lightning continued to, to stumble a bit out of the gate. Another surprise was the Red Wings 
snapping an eight late win gate the excuse me eight game winless streak by upsetting Edmonton three to one. Um, elsewhere, I don't know if you saw the news about Gabriel Landeskog. He's, uh, I believe, week to week with a leg injury. So uh, Miko Rantanen is also out um, for a while as well. So that's a huge hit to a team that had been rolling. Uh, only Colorado is the only team to beat the Bruins in regulation so far this season uh, to give you a sense of how uh, good they've been playing. Uh, another note from Chicago, where uh, veteran defenseman Brett Seabrook, he's been a healthy scratch for the second straight game, and he does not seem very happy about it. He said, I'm 34. You guys seem to want to write articles about my age and my speed, addressing the media. I feel like I've still got a lot to offer in this league and still be a good player for somebody. And that last word is key, meaning perhaps he'll be angling for a trade at some point, um, or the Blackhawks might be trying to move him. Um, he's uh, his signif- He has a significant contract, salary cap hit, no movement clause. It would be pretty um, difficult to move him, but if they picked up some salary, then perhaps it's possible and someone might take a chance on him. Um, Bobby Ryan, who we've talked about a couple times this week, he was a healthy scratch. He said he was pretty sad to be made a healthy scratch. Uh, he's just working to get back to being in the lineup. Um, his contract, like we said, makes it unlikely that he will be moved. Uh, and he was asked about his contract the other day, whether he thought it sucked as, uh, in the way that Robert Luongo said that about his, uh, but he seems pretty happy just to be, uh, raking in that cash from Eugene Melnick and, uh, to be playing hockey. So, you know what? Good for him. That's pretty much what you need to know today. Uh, the Bruins, again, are off until Saturday. Three more days off here. I'm hopefully going to take advantage of that and um, put out uh, a pretty exciting podcast tomorrow with a guest. I'm not going to spoil it too much. Fingers crossed that all goes well today and I'm able to record that conversation. So look out for that tomorrow. Uh, there are some Atlantic Division opponents in action tonight. The Lightning play the Devils. They'll look to rebound against that loss to the Rangers. Canadians are playing the Coyotes. And Panthers playing those Avalanche who are uh, pretty beat up right now. So that's it for today's Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, my name is Ian McLaren. You can find me at ENC McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, please download, rate, and review on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Pocket Casts, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thanks so much again for the kind words so far. And uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow with another daily look at your Boston Bruins. Take care, friends. Have a good one.